0: Colin, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing, Harry? I'm doing well. Uh, I don't know. Does Jack know that he's the first guest for this podcast, or did you just uh, invite him on and he doesn't know what he's in for? I just pretended this was like a
1: long-running podcast with very famous <laughs> people that had been on it, and I sold him that. Uh, no, we didn't trick him in, uh, but I'm glad to have our marquee and first guest, uh, Jack Greco. Um, Jack, I'm going to give a little, quick little bio on you and then you can correct anything uh, that I said wrong, but I'll try and embellish as much as possible. Cool. Um so Jack uh one of the you know co-founders of I think Buffalo's probably most successful startup uh, ACV Auctions um he is a longtime angel investor I've actually had multiple founders tell me that like that's the guy that's the marketplace angel investor and so uh that was kind of your reputation preceded you uh before uh, I got to know you but uh he's also um the founding partner of uh, Far Out Ventures uh which is a uh, a pre seed and seed stage uh, fund looking at investing and in companies that are far out. Um, so, yeah, we'll leave it there. And, Jack, we're excited to have you on.
2: Excited to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Jack, I just checked the uh, domain name for the Marketplace Angel Investor is available <laughs> if you like that name. I'm a big fan, as Colin knows, of anything. The Blank is usually pretty
2: catchy. That one might be a little long, though. Great. <laughs> Look, it's it's uh, it wouldn't be the first one I bought and kind of tucked away, so yeah, um, I'll look at that after this thing.
0: Cool. Well, Jack, you know what? Um, I think this is a, gonna be a fun episode. Colin knows you really well. I uh don't know you until Colin's been hyping you up the past few weeks and kind of excitement for this episode. So I have three kind of get to know you questions that you can answer in maybe one sentence or less, just so that myself and our audience uh can get to know you. How does that sound? Awesome. All right. So, Jack, how many angel investments have you made this year or do you plan to make? Well, I mean, this
2: year is short, being that this is getting recorded in February. Um, I think I've made, personally, uh, three or four. Um, Through our fund, we're getting ready to make our first investment of 2023. Uh, And we'll probably end up doing somewhere between 12 and 13 investments out of the fund this year. Personally, I mean, maybe a couple more on the side. Got it. What's your uh, average check size for your personal investments and in your fund? Um, personally, I think historically, when I was doing a lot of angel investing, I think it was averaging around 75000 Um, But that was everything from 10K checks up to $1 million dollar checks. Um, you know, I've kind of sunsetted angel activities. I moved into the professional world of being a VC. Those checks are pretty tight band between four and 500K. Um, you know, I, I, ideally it's an amount of capital that allows us to secure about 5% of the business. So, you know, and since we're in the pre seed round, depending on the stage of the company, you know, somewhere between, I guess I would say three to 500K. Cool.
0: Um, and last question, what type of startups do you look for and, uh, what stage? And I'll keep kind of asking you personal versus fun. Cause that's sort of one of the, the reasons why we wanted to have you on is about
2: that transition. So yeah, what type of startups and what yeah, stage, you, um, personally, I um I'm a lot more agnostic to what the business it is. So, I mean, it's got to chime with something I can either support or have experience mm-hmm. in like marketplaces or vertical SaaS um or something I really care about like sustainability or, you know, the improvements in, you know, the healthcare system, right? That's personally. As part of the fund, we're a lot more strict. Um it's all B2B, it's all vertical SaaS, but again, a focus on marketplaces. Um you know, both personally and on the fund Pretty geo agnostic, but I will definitely say I have a soft spot a soft spot in my heart for places there's a disparity between like the IQ around venture and the access to venture and the talent that's providing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm from Buffalo. Um, we have that disparity there. I actually am sitting in Boise, Idaho right now. There's that disparity here. So you will find me in cities like that and investing in places like that and that's so is that part of the thesis with far out uh, as well just kind of in the name is going to places where there's capital constraints uh i mean you know the 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 tldr on it is you know i founded a company and we had an awesome company but didn't really know how to play the game and because of that we were successful but took i mean look every founder is worried about dilution and i typically say don't worry about it but you know as a as a co-founder of my company at the time we went public, had I not taken any secondaries, I would have owned less than 1%. So it was pretty severe. Um, and I think there's just a disparity, right? There's like this information asymmetry is not, does not benefit founders yet. The founders are the ones creating the new world. I mean, VCs are just supporting it. Right. So I look at it as an opportunity to be able to come in and say, Hey, look, you know, you might be Mike Tyson. I'm Custy Amato. I'm going to help you be great you know, and part of that is telling you, look at my scars. I've done this before. Here are the connections. Like we're going to do this the right way. I'm going to make money. You're going to make money. And then someday you're going to become me. So there was a whole idea of far out. I mean, they got to be big dreams and big ideas, right? This is venture. So I'm not looking for two or three extra turns, but on the same note, it needs to be, you know, the founding team and the leadership team need to be people that, you know, actually are going to do awesome things afterwards. So I wouldn't call it double bottom line. I would just say I do a lot better with people that have the right heart and the right mindset to go along with the right vision. No, that's that's really helpful to,
1: to think about. So we've gotten a little bit into your journey, but I'd I'd really like to go back to like the early days of your angel investments. I know you've made it sounds like a hundred plus angel investments. Yep. Um I'd like to kind of go back to those like early days. What you know, tell us about your journey there and maybe
2: some of like the hard earned lessons that you got there. Sure. I mean, you know, I can tell you I've been giving up capital um to support other people a lot longer than I have had you know, cash in my pockets right I was doing this you know while I was even in business school right um that it wasn't necessary with venture capital companies at that point it was opportunities you know so for me I've always looked at cash as a raw material you know it's it's like lumber or like steel or like anything else it just so happens I can spend some of it and get a steak or get on a plane or drink a beer. But um, so I've always looked at it as, as a complementary resource. So for me, angel investing has always been around really being able to, you know, bolster or support where I want to put my time. So, you know, it's like the whole point is I can, you know, Colin, you got a company, I can help you. But like, I can't, me helping you is not going to pay your mortgage. So it's like, hey, look, like what what resources do you need? Do you need me? Do you need my connections? Do you need my capital? And it's funny, a lot of times angels, I think miss out on the fact that like, it's a type of investing where you could be influential. You know, I keep nothing in the public markets because I can't call up Coca-Cola and tell them what they're doing I don't like. You know, um, and maybe i am got an ego, you know, you could say that. But I also think that, You know, I come from a good place and have a ton of experience. You know, I've been, yeah, I personally invest in over 120 companies through far out. We've done 13 bets already. Um, A majority of those we were doing before we closed the fund in September in a warehouse scenario. So I was still taking a risk on a lot of those as the sole member of the warehouse. Um, You know, but, you know, angel investing to me is all about being able to put your capital into something that you can also add more to that isn't just more cash and you can be influential. So, um, you know, if you look through the litany of companies I've helped, the only thing that kind of strikes a chord is they're all early, right? It's been everything from material science to biotech. Most of my success has been in marketplaces, tech-enabled marketplaces, you know, but I've been in consumer goods, you know. Um, And so what I continue to do, now I call it my family office because that's the fancy way of saying I'm not an angel and I'm doing something else, but, like, I still have some capital to play around with. So my family office looks at, you know, more really long-term things in terms of like sustainability and and healthcare um, that are way more boom or bust because at this point, you know, those are the things that are going to, yeah, I'm a dad. I think when I became a dad, things changed too, because I was like, God, I got to make this world better for my son. Um, You know, and then with the fund, it's a little bit more practical. It's like, you know, Hey, we're looking at, you know, using technology to create efficiencies and what already operates today. So we want things that are far out. We're also cool looking at things that are extremely niche but go very deep. Uh, you know, so when we think about that, it's it's the overlooked, right? We think there's a ton of opportunity in going places where people, you know, don't typically go. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that a lot.
0: And I think one thing uh, you said, Jack, that really resonated with me, and I think this is one of the reasons why a lot of people get into angel or maybe they don't realize it. And then once they become an angel, they realize like, wow, I may not be investing a ton of money, especially at the start, or if you don't have a lot to invest, but like you can help a lot, right? Like there's, I feel like there's like so many areas where, you know, if the company has one person or a few people, the impact you can have is so much greater. Uh, is, is that something, is that like the, if you had to pick one thing that excites you most about angel investing, is it like that impact? or is it giving them cash or seeing a return? Like what's the one thing that's been like so exciting to you about angel
2: investing that like you've done 120. Like what keeps you coming back? So um it is like you kind of get high off the the excitement of creation, right? I mean I don't know if it you know like for those people that are listening that have kids having like doing startup investing should be like having a baby And being like, oh, my God, it's a boy or it's a girl. Either way, it's great. And oh, my God, I had 20 problems. I'm exhausted. But you're actually building something bigger than you. Right. And so I always describe this to people. I go, you know, there is building and there is working. Founders, early stage investing is helping build something. You know, so, yeah, like I could put money into the public markets or into real estate, but like it's not changing the world the way I want to change it. And just to be able to have that little bit of influence so early, it's like, it's straightening that plant that could be grown crooked. It's just, you know, that's the time I'm not that strong. I'm not that big. I don't have that much money to do this on a grand scale. You know, uh, I'm not a broker of empires, but I can help little people that could sneak through the cracks, be able to do something cool. And honestly, like I'm from Buffalo, right? You know, so for me, it's, I really like, I really like supporting people in, in places where there's opportunity and just other people kind of shit on them a little bit. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know? Um, so I think that's the thing, you know, it's like saying, yeah, we did that. Right. I, uh, I'm really, I don't know if you guys have ever read about the Enneagram, but it's something that has helped me. And I use a lot to help like break down people's, people's personalities pretty quick. Um, and I happen to be an eight on the Enneagram, which is like a challenger. So I naturally look to like liberate opportunity and create, not necessarily equality, but equanimity across things. So for me, I love angel investing because the places I do it are places where, you know, the equality isn't the same, right? Like I think we don't get to pick where we're born. We honestly don't get to pick, you know, our IQ. We don't get to pick our race. We don't get to pick any of that stuff. But, you know, I've kind of gotten super lucky and I'm trying to give that luck back to maybe redistribute some of the good stuff in places where it isn't already happening. You know, so the cool thing about angel investing is when you, if you do, like you lose all your money a lot, but when you do it, you at least feel good about it. Right. If I go to a casino and lose my money, I'm like, man, screw those guys. Well, I'm the one with that, <laughs> that. Right. Or if I put in some stupid stock and it goes down 40%, who cares? Like even when you lose, you win with angel investing. And that's why I'm also, look, I got my MBA in quantitative finance. I'm a huge proponent of like power law. You got to make a lot of bets. If you're going to play this game, you got to play the game. This is not sit down for a hand and leave. This is, you got to make a commitment to it.
1: Yeah. I think one of the things that I always think about with uh, angel investing is helping founders shoot their shot. That's kind of like what gets me going. Like I like providing capital cause it's oxygen for their business, but it's also about shooting their shot. Cause I want to look back. If I lost the money, at least I got to work with some good people that I tried to help them be successful. Um, and you know, maybe going back to a little bit of like, you know, you've lost on some of these investments. Um, you know, it's probably not what people talk about much, but, you know, what's
2: kind of the fastest you've had a company go out of business on you? 45 uh, days. 45 days. And <laughs> 45 tell 45 days. Like, I signed the sub docs, um, and I won't say the company's name because it would be crappy on them, but I signed the sub docs. I went in through um, a syndicate on a early fund I was part of. It was kind of like a regional fund. It was like a pre-seed fund. And they were super excited. And I'm one of the most, I'm probably the most active person they know. And they were like, Hey, what do you think? And I was like, Oh, it's cool. It's a marketplace. Um, it had a, a supply chain aspect to it. I was like, I'll throw in 25K. And then they called me back and they're like, Can you put another 10K in so that the syndicate can do 100K? I'm like, Sure. And then literally 45 days later, it's like, Well, the founder got ahead of their skis, filled out all the, like, it, they had a, they had a lot of, like, you know, I would call it like CapEx infrastructural costs. And they thought their year was going to be so much bigger than it was as a seasonal business. And they're like, they're underwater. I still don't understand what happened. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, like can I retract? like, you know, can I cancel this credit card payment? Like, it was that <laughs> yeah. soon, you know?
0: Like,
2: You're like, wait, did it. I actually send the wire or not? <laughs> yeah, no, and, and look, I mean, I, I, I do a pretty, I'm in 121 deals total. I've exited seven, I've got five dead. And I probably got... I keep track of this, you know, I think I have 12 or 13 zombies. So, I mean, I'm doing all right, but, like, that's one of the dead ones, and I was like, okay, I guess I've taken a write-off, right? I was like, this is insane, but, you know, so it was pretty quick. I think that's for anybody listening that is not typical, please, like, you know, um, (laughs) yeah, I think it's a a good topic, though, because, I mean, along that note, right, I feel
0: like, a lot of the advice you might see or hear when it comes to angel investing is almost like, I feel like people may over-index, like you should expect to lose your money. Do you think people getting into angel investing, like, is that the expectation that they should have? Is like, hey, you're going to lose all your money? Like, that doesn't seem like, like, I know the reasons why I did it, but, you know, I didn't, I, I wanted to make money. I didn't expect to lose all my money. I hoped that I would make some money, but, you know, what, what expectations should people have going
2: into angel investing? What's realistic in your so mind? So if you make one bet, you're going to mm-hmm. lose it. If you make five bets, you're going to lose it. If you make 10 bets, you should hit on one or two of them. If you make 100 bets, you should hit on 10 or 20, right? But like, it's just like, I, I tell people like this, right? It's like, imagine there's a, uh, you know, a, 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 like a bucket and it's got, you know, 90 ping pong ball, balls in it and 10 golf balls, right? Like the golf balls make money, the ping pong balls don't. So you stick your hand and you grab something. The first thing you're going to grab is probably going to be a ping pong ball. right it's not going to be a winner right you know but if you go into that bucket enough and again i'm like you could be stupid and go on angel list and be like oh this is trendy this is cool right like if you're diverse and if you are and you are fishing in a pond that has fish in it and like you got to make sure there's some actual winners in there you'll eventually start hitting you will you know now that now you know i always tell people there's two ways i use this fishing analogy a lot you know you can either be a great fisherman in a pond that doesn't have that many fish and come home with fish. You could be a crappy fish, remember, being in a spot where there's so many fish there, there's nothing you can do and come home with fish or you could be both. You just can't be neither. So, you know, I tell people, you, you got to make a commitment to do... Yeah, I, I think if you're going to cut one check, you have to cut 10. And they should all be the exact same size. One of my big mistakes is I was... When I had money, the checks were big. When I didn't, the checks were small. And the truth is, it is like, you shouldn't be... You, as an angel, you shouldn't be ratcheting expectations. You don't know, right? I've done 120 investments. I still don't know. I know enough to do a venture fund and be smart enough to put some other people around me that we all make decisions together and follow a process and look at data and stuff like that. But I still don't know. The majority of this industry is luck, except with angel investing, you can influence it. It's the reason why, like I'm at a ton of funds almost, I think every single one of them has at least one operator as a managing partner in it. An operator who's like been there, done it, grown the kind of business that's in it. So I'm not in some of the big funds that are professional investors, you know, like the best and guys like that. Um, And I bring them up because they back my company, you know, but I am in the the funds like NFX where it's like, you know, you talk to James Courier and you're like, holy cow, this guy's done it, right? Like he's not talking to me out of something he learned in a book or read on a spreadsheet, like, he sweat bullets. He's had to not take a paycheck, you know? And there's lots of people like that. I mean, James happens to be a guy I look up to and admire a lot of the work he does. Um, so, look, I mean, angel investing in itself, you make a bet, you're going to lose it. You know, so really sit down. Make sure you you got a spouse, your spouses in on this too because they're not going to like it when you cut three checks and then they, you know, you're taking three write-offs, you know? Um, but I will tell you what, like, if you look at the data and the statistics, if you if you take a large enough portfolio bet there is not a there is not a type of investing that will have an average overall return higher than venture you know and that's over you know and maybe in a given year yes yeah if you did all your investing in 2001 2002 doesn't look great you know uh, you know because because the prices went down so much but you know diversify over time i i tell people if you're going an to angel invest start by going into a fund even if it's a small regional fund and learn for a year or two Hmm. Because you're gonna put money in, and then you're gonna learn, and you're gonna see them do stupid things. But you know, you put 250 grand into a fund. It sounds like a lot of money, right? But let's say that's you know that's usual. Like the you know for the fund I got, if you're a uh, high net worth, right? That that's what our stated minimum is. You know, um, you know. But in those situations, it's like, well, crap. You know, like we're going in over 60 companies. So you're really only putting like four or five grand in on each company. You can't go cut for, f- you know, 60 checks of four or five grand. So it's a way to learn. And then uh, the best way to do it is start by sidecaring, get into a syndicate, get into a fund, let them do the work. And then from there, you can be like, oh, OK, this is really cool. Right. Like I believe in the circular economy. I believe the future work is going to change this way and get some thesis, get some belief, you know, get some religion around it and then
0: bet on your religion. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I mean, I think the, the one of the mistakes I made early on is sort of, you know, when I was cutting checks, I would say, okay, I'm gonna do 10K for this one. Oh, I like this one a little bit more. I'm gonna do 20K. I like what you said about doing the same size check. And on the time horizon piece, do you think people, new angels or, you know, beginning angels, should they go in with an expectation like, hey, I'm gonna cut checks for one year or two years or three years? Because I, I think that's the other tough part
2: about angel. Like, you don't really know how you're doing for seven to 10 years, right? Or do you? Yeah, well, I mean, knowing how you're doing and being able to benefit from it are two different things, right? Got it. And look, you can angel invest in companies that are six months away from IPO. So there is the liquidity aspect to it, right? How long until I can actually do something? Look, you're going into seed. The data says you're going to be in that company six to seven years if it's successful. The only way you're not is if it sells too early. Um, And maybe you make your money back. Maybe you make a small multiple. Maybe you get a fraction of it. In which case, it wasn't the way it was supposed to be because that's not the way venture is. Or you lose it. Those are the only two other outcomes. So what I tell people is take an approach. Yes, don't it. And look, it depends where your source of capital is. You know, you're a doctor making five hundred grand a year. All right, you, you're going to be a doctor five more years. Okay, then take that approach. If you're a, you know, if you're a laborer and won the lottery and made a million bucks, okay, still take that same approach. It's just you know. Uh, look, I'm guilty of having money burn all in my pocket. No, there's not a person that knows me that's not going to say that, you know, because um, I have this belief life's short. It can end at any time. So why not fire all your guns at once when you fire them, right? That's not the approach you should be taking as an angel. I do think, I, I would say, look at what people do. Funds typically have four to five year investment periods. Think about you running your own fund. I'm going to do this over four to five years. What's the capital I'm going to have over four to five years? Am I going to have... 100 grand, 200 grand, 500 grand, a million dollars. If all my bets are going to be the same, the only thing I would say is like the earlier the company, like most funds allocate somewhere between 20 to almost as much as 50% for follow on. Some go even bigger. You know, think that, hey, when I have a winner, you you get outsized returns by continuing to bet on winners. So say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to do, you know, let's say you got 100 grand. I got 100 grand. I want to do 20 bets. So, you know, where can I make a $5,000 investment? Maybe as a sidecar into an angel group I'm in, maybe on an angel list, but you got to get diversity. You got to get diversity of where the selection, the company gets selected from. You got to have, you know, you got to do some contrarian things. You know, maybe you say, hey, look, you know, on a hundred grand, I'm going to do 15 bets with five grand and I'm going to keep 50,000 for follow-on. That I might put into one deal. I might put in into two. I might put into five, you know, whatever. And then run a process. This is an experiment, right? Like, and run it like an experiment. Have a hypothesis. Try, I run everything like an experiment, you know, and because of that, it's the only way you're going to get better, right? Like, I had the gift of, you know, our company IPOing, you know, in 2021. Um, and I started my first secondary really in 2019. So, I mean, that it was, that's coming up on, uh, yeah, I was 35 going on 36. So I was young. Right? What's the average life expectancy of a man, you know, that lives in the US at my age, 82? Hmm. Right. So, you know, I basically was like, all right, I got like, you know, what, 45 years, something like that. So, what am I going to do over 45 years? I'm going to run a big experiment that I'll get the conclusion to on my deathbed. Right. So, you know, think of it that way. Right. You know, it's a time value of money, but it's totally illiquid. Do not put any money in you need for anything because the second you're like, I need that, forget the discount, you know, Collins worked for a big company I, I work know. for a big one when you call somebody and you say hey want to buy some shares or want to buy some it's like going to the the, the dollar store yeah right? it's like oh are you sure I'll give it to you you know 80% <laughs> yeah. discount 90% you know you need liquidity it's like everybody's a loan share
0: so. yeah so it's, it sounds like definitely, you know, kind of like the you don't need to necessarily expect to lose money, but maybe this is money, you know, that money or angel investing should definitely be money that you don't need, that you don't plan on getting back anytime soon. But I think it's it sounds like you're saying it's okay to have the expectation to make money or to do well in the long run, right?
2: Yeah, the expectation is any given bet will die, but a basket mm-hmm. of bets will win is the Got way it, it is. That's why I am a strong proponent now. Having learned of every bet being the same size, because you don't know, you yeah. don't know. The biotech you think is going to be huge is going to go to zero, and the guy that's making a better stapler is the one that's going to twenty x. You don't know, <laughs> you know. Oh. So, so one one last question for me. You know, we have a lot of people
1: that listen that want to you know get into angel investing, and and they're probably going with a lot smaller balance sheets. So, when you let's say they have ten k, one hundred k, like how do you think
2: about their bet sizing in this case? Like you know. Yeah. So, so look, I mean, again, think of it. So you got to realize something. If you have 10 to a hundred K, the amount of capital you're putting in, you know, is, you know, if you're making a thousand hour bet into a company, it's impactful only in a, a cluster or a swarm, right? A thousand dollars is like things for the thousand dollars. Right. Um. So if you have small amounts, you have to have, you have to be a part of a group to do anything. Right. And you got to think how influential that is. If you are investing enough money for somebody to hire somebody, you have hit a new level where things change a little bit. So I would say 100K investment, a single investment, it's meaningful. You can go to a company and be like, with 100K, it, they could actually buy a real runway. If you're saying you got a smaller balance sheet, you don't have that type of gravity, right? You lack gravity. So what do you have? You have the ability to like coalesce with other like-minded investors, and get in on something so like look you should be doing it through the platforms that allow that kind of stuff but please remember there is selection bias in what goes on those platforms mm-hmm. right one of the the best deals are the ones of which a lot of times have the least access so i mean if it's on angel list realize like anything else you know that everybody's got access to it so honestly i would say your average returns are probably going to be low right it's you know, I got an uncle, you'd be like, oh my God, I just read this article on Apple. I'm going to go buy some Apple. And it's like, dude, you article on Apple has been out of three weeks. Everybody knows it, but you, you know? Yeah. So don't think you know more than you do. And look, if you have, I, I'm a big fan of investing, even if like, let's say that you're part of a, uh, you know, you're part of a, you know, a series C or series D company. Because a lot of people that angel bet are people that have been part of the startup world. You know, and let's say you're in B2B SaaS, you know, and it's like an HR tech company. Even though you think you know everything about that, do I personally, on a portfolio approach, would not allocate more than 25% to any given specific thing. Even if you are the smartest person in the world on that, don't do it. Just don't do it. Because like you got macroeconomic trends, you've got industry-wide trends that end up sinking things. The same way, you know, I tell everybody, you know, I've got I've gotten my degree in quantitative finance from Simon. And they go, what do you do with stock? I go, Well, I don't own any public companies, but if I did, I'd own the biggest Vanguard 10 million, you know, cap because I don't know. You know what I believe? I believe that like the rich are gonna get richer and inflation's gonna drive things up, and I can outpace that slightly by having the most diversified portfolio possible. And I'm not gonna trade it ever because trading is a tax on your time, uh, on your capital, on your time. So, anyways, look, I mean, I, I would just tell people make the small bets now because it's a way to actually make money while getting educated Mm -hmm. you know and look you can still be influential you know my one of the smallest checks i caught was into one of the companies that ended up being the biggest companies because at the time i didn't have money but guess how much was that check 10k do you
0: think there's a minimum amount that people like if i only have 10k to
2: angel invest period is that too little or do you think about it like no, I am if there's not a platform that, I mean, because like, let me put it this way, there is a cost to like having a lawyer send you paperwork, right. right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm a, I think 90, over 90% of my investments are direct. They're not through SPVs. If you've got less than, you know, 500 grand or 250 grand even in total to invest, your checks are probably so small in a diversified approach mm-hmm. that you're probably not going to be a direct investor. You know, I mean, people, 25K, is just, it, it, like, in the Midwest, 25K is, like, the minimum to, like, be part of it. They'll let guys like me in at 10 because I'm buddies, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. But for you, you, the person they don't know, it's 25K. On the coast, it goes up to 50 to 100. And by the coast, I mean New York, San Francisco, Boston, stuff like that, you know. Cities with multiple sports teams um, in the same... You know. <laughs> Doing the same thing, right? Um, so... You know, when I when I look at this, it's like, hey, look, it's you know, I don't think, look, I'm crazy, right? Like all my money is in startups and venture, right? Because I believe so much on it, right? Like, mm-hmm. But um, it's tattooed on my soul. But for the for the average person, alternative in general, and this is anything, private equity is a chunk of alternative, venture is a branch of private equity. You know, uh, like people will tell you one percent, two percent, ten percent of your net worth, like. You know, if to me, I think that it's always under supported. If you're doing your bets on like angel lists and stuff like that, I really want to go over like, you know, four or 5% of my total net worth doing it that way. And then when that number, four or 5% of your net worth gets big enough, you know, go into funds. I mean, seriously, I, the best thing you could do is to go into a fund first and take the long view and be like, I'm going to yeah, go into I really like that advice. like for two years. And I'm going to sidecar on that fund because that's like an exclusive ability just for the LPs in that fund to get into stuff that everybody on Angelist can't see, right? You want to shop retail, you want to shop wholesale, you want to buy from the manufacturer, right? Like, that's the level. Angelist and them, retail. WeFunder, and look, they're great guys. I love the guys at WeFunder. I love Angelist. I love all of them. I think it's great. You want to go wholesale, you got to be able to get into stuff that's a little more exclusive. You want to buy directly from the manufacturer, you got to get your hands dirty and show up in the middle of nowhere where they are, and then you're a direct investor last question
0: is there a specific fund um specific funds that you like or type of funds that
2: you would recommend yeah i mean look i'm a big fan of emerging funds mm-hmm. so the majority of my personal like precede best... ones yes seed well ones. I, so they could be pre so that's early i like early funds because if you're going to play these games early you're influential and early you have the chance for a big pop right um you know, emerging funds could be later. They could Feel be... free to name names, Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, um, look, I mean, there. I'll, I'll give you an example. I think she's one of the smartest investors in the world uh, that I've met. There's a woman, uh, Caitlin Donnelly, that runs a group called Avalanche out of New York. She's great. Um, you know, she's the kind of person, she will, you know, she has this huge, you know, focus on future work, future earning, yeah. future learning. She has a thesis. She's amazingly intelligent. I, You know, I think she's great. I haven't even known her that long, and I think she's great. I met her, and I was like, oh, my God, can I go in on your first fund? She's like, yeah. She's like, it's been closed, but I'll let you in. And I was like, thank you. And I built a friendship with her, you know? I'm um, sweet. I, you know, I got some buddies out on the West Coast at Euclid, right? Like, they do a lot of marketplace and supply chain. I like them because I think Nick and Omar are smart. They're and The nice thing about emerging managers, like, what did they say in Hamilton? Hamilton are like, you know immigrants are better because they just get it done and work harder. I forget what the court immigrants work harder, I think is the saying, right? And it's the same thing with emerging managers. I'm like emerging managers just work. I like that. So I over optimize for hustle. I do. Um, I grew up, I mean, my, my fiance tells me all the time. She's like, man, you've always been a hustler. I was like, yeah, (laughs) like, you know, I grew up working on a dairy farm and moving antiques for my dad. Like, you know, I didn't grow up with it. I was lucky I had a spoon. It certainly wasn't made out of silver. Uh, So, you know th- those are a couple good ones i mean if i'm i'm happy to give you guys uh i, I give you a list if you want to put you know on the site i'll yeah. i'll be very open about the funds that i'm in uh, right. i I will tell you content wise i mentioned nfx earlier you know people should be following before you do this you should spend 6 months learning what the big funds do and building your own thesis nfx is a great group origins a great group the guys at new adventure partners are great you know um you know, there's there's a litany of of con- I, I could spend a whole hour telling you why I love all the people that I'm You know, cool. so uh, they're all great.
1: So one of the, the I appreciate that, Jack. It, it sounds like uh, access is important. These are uh, emerging funds, like you get access to these people as well as their hustle. Uh, but one of the things I was taking away from the for angel investors, kind of as like a parting note, is that network is really important here. Like you know, just living off of Angelist and seeing whatever deal comes in there won't do it you need to go out and actually put some shoe leather and meet people and get into deals and get referrals totally. and things like that and that and that's like you know probably a under talked about thing is just getting out there right and putting yourself out there and helping and one of the things I've seen is that the more you help the more connections you get the more connections you get the more deals you see yep. right and uh, at the end of the day that's that's where you get the the more exclusive inventory so to speak
2: yeah I, I mean look like you know you want to meet fresh flesh you did <laughs> <laughs> I mean, serious, you know, I mean, Jack, are you like, coming up with all these lines yeah, off the fly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all great. I'm going to no, quote no, some I'm of seriously. these for you and send them. Look, look, I mean, I'm an extrovert. I am. So, yep. and I'm not saying you have to be an extrovert to do this, but I guarantee if you call somebody in Buffalo, New York, and you just say, hey, if there's one person I should meet there, who is it? It's going to be me. Same. I mean, in Rochester, maybe I'd be one of the first two names or three names in Syracuse. I'd probably be one of the first two or three. But, like, that's because I spend time pressing flash with everybody, right? You know, and it's important because you know what the truth is? You know, I, I take robots and automatic trading and stuff out of it. Humans invest in humans. And venture investing is about taking a bet on a guy or a woman or a team's soul and being like, are you going to do this? And honestly, like, it's one of my, like, in, in the fund that I operate with my two partners, I over-index on that so much. I go, if I don't trust them, when like I'm a dad, my son's eight now, but I'm like, if I wouldn't trust them to watch my infant child, you know, I'm not doing this, right? I'm not, you know, because I'm letting you use the opportunity cost of my money and more so my time. Like, I'm going to talk about you. So if you're going to do something bad, if you're not going to try as hard as possible, if you're not going to, like, abstain to, like, what I think, like, corporate business and even personal morals are, I don't want to do this because the worst thing is when I'm talking about somebody and they suck, you know, so like I won't go into somebody that sucks. I'll go into somebody that has a 99% chance of failing, but they're going to, they are going to go out there and swing that baseball bat. Like everything's going to be a home run. And I don't care if they strike out every time because when they hit it, they're going to crush it, you know? Um, so I don't know. That's, that's my way of looking at it. So, yeah, know, love it awesome jack
0: that was great stuff we'll uh we've got one more fun segment if you want to stick around for a few more minutes we'll link up in the show notes to far out vc and anything else that you want us to include um but uh we've got a trending twitter thread so every week i don't know if you're on twitter jack but colin and i spend a lot of time on twitter we tweet each other a lot not that many people reply to us but we do tweet each other a lot (laughs) and uh, we save some of the best Twitter threads in the world of VC and angel investing. And this one I thought was a fun one, um, a nice wind down topic from our serious angel stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll throw it on the screen, but Colin, um, do you want to uh, read it off for Jack or you want me to? Yeah, I got it. Uh, and I apologize
1: by saying the name wrong, but this is from Elena Gonzalez. Uh, as an investor, what is something that really inclines you to respond to a founder's cold outreach email?
2: Okay. So, um, I live in Buffalo and I'm a rabid Bills fan. Right. So it's something that if you get an email from me, it probably says go Bills on the bottom of it. (laughs) I mean, look, I, I love football. I do. I love community more. And if you have not been to Buffalo and you do not know how just like almost, it's literally rabid, you know, it's like fervor, right? It makes you feel like this must what feels like getting off a ship in Normandy or like I'm biking going into work. It's literally (laughs) what it feels like. Right. Um, But like the reason I say that is if somebody you need to connect with somebody personally, like if you wrote me an email and said, um, my aunt loves going to Charlie the Butcher and, you know, and I've got a company I've never been to Buffalo myself and I live in San Diego and I'm working on something you've never even been in make it easy. Like all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, Charlie butchers one of my favorite restaurants. Like, probably got, you guys don't know what that is, but like, never heard it of it. <laughs> you will form a connection. Yeah. And I will at least respond. I might be like, you're making new makeup supplies for the clown industry. Like, I don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> right. You know, but it's really cool. And by the way, I do know some people that are Shriners, like maybe I'll make an intro for you. Right. Like don't come asking for money. Come saying I'm a human too. I, I care too. so much about what I'm doing. You know, if it looks like a, look, it sucks because like y- you're trying to hit as many people as possible, yeah. right? I, you know, I, oh, I'm trying to email a thousand people. Okay. No, don't like try and be thoughtful. And honestly, the best thing you can do is get a referral through somebody else, right? Like I'm doing this podcast with you guys. I mentioned a couple VCs that I know. So if somebody pinged me on LinkedIn, and was like, Hey, I heard your podcast. I'd love to meet Caitlin. I've read some of her stuff. She seems really cool. I'll be like, Hey Caitlin, what do you think about this? And all of a sudden they'll have met her. And honestly, they'll have met me by way of it anyway. So make it easy for me to don't send me a giant slide deck. Say I'm solving this problem. If it's at all interested to you, let me know. And, and that's it, right? Keep it super simple, but find a way to connect with me. Like I personally, I'm not, I actually am on no social besides LinkedIn, which is funny for a tech guy. I get (laughs) a real Luddite a lot, but, um, you know, for me, it's like find a way to connect to me and, and like I respond to stuff on LinkedIn. I do. It's, I'm not one of these guys where you have to know my email to get on it. You know, it means I get inundated with like fake chat bots from Russia, probably, yeah. you know, and I'm like, this person does not look like that they're from, you know, the same town as you. Know, like the background looks like they're, you know, somewhere, you know, another, another planet. But um, just try and find a way to relate, you know, and honestly, look, VCs are like anybody else. Honestly, like we see a ton of stuff. Some of us are good. Some of us suck too, right? Like, you know, and don't get enamored with anybody. The truth is, as a founder, you've got to be able, you got to be a stick of dynamite and take the path of least resistance to get the outcome that you need, um, you know, while maintaining, moral, while maintaining moral integrity and focus in your business. So like, you know, just take shots and go, don't give up. I mean, if you send me an email and if you send me something on LinkedIn and I see it's one fifteen in the morning and you live in. You know, you live in Virginia on the East Coast. i might write back being like, what, you got like sleep problems? And you're like, no, I've been emailing people for the last six hours. I was like, all right, I'll give you five minutes. It makes you feel good about it. Like we, for me, I didn't start with anything. So I know the, I probably respond to a lot more stuff than most people do. And you never know. Honestly, some of my best investments came from random people reaching out to me, you know?
0: Well, I think I really like what you said, Jack, about developing that connection. I mean, I know for me, like, since I've I've been on both sides of the equation a lot, running a media business, a lot of people pitching me, you know, cover my company, cover my startup, me also pitching reporters, not so much VCs, but like just understanding both mindsets. Like a lot of reporters, for example, have get two to 300 emails a day, right? So how can you quickly stand out, right? So it's sort of like develop that connection. So like, I would never send just a cold email, but kind of like what you said, right? Like, I'll follow them on Twitter, retweet, share something. You know, look at their LinkedIn profile. Oh, I just emailed a guy yesterday to speak at my conference. I saw he went to Long Beach State. I said, "Hey, my brother's a beach volleyball coach at Long Beach State." You know what I mean? <laughs> Go beach, yeah. right? And then email him, and I I could just sort of tell from his profile like this guy is really proud to be a dirtbag. That's their uh, that's their uh, <laughs> um, what do you call it nickname? Uh, yeah, yeah. nickname yeah. You know, so I I definitely like that. I'm going to read off and Colin, Colin's answer, and you t- you you grade uh, Colin's reply to this tweet. He said, "If the numbers look good and are at the top." I might bite, but generally I like a warm intro. What do you think about Colin's reply, Jack?
2: Look, I mean, it sounds like a guy that follows a process and probably has gotten a million people reach out to him, you know, um, and I, I don't think there's a, look, if you ask me what it takes to get me to invest, right, I'm a numbers guy. I I personally need something that's got some kind of, num- a lot of numbers associated with it. You heard me talk about scientific method on this. You heard me talk about, I, I went to a quant school, right, like, I care a lot about the people, but like, if there's no numbers, you're just going to be my best friend. You're not going to be an investment. And there is a difference there. Right. Um, And look, I think everybody gets their own. Right. I mean, my guess is if I search around on the dark web, I can find something interesting about Colin that maybe (laughs) I can use to incentivize or blackmail him. And that's another way to do it. But, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the point is, is like, just be human for me, just be a human being. Don't be chat GPT. You know, I, maybe Jab is talking to me. You know, I have no idea. Right? I haven't even, but, yeah. um, you know, just be real. Be real and be like, hey, you know what? Like if I post something on LinkedIn, read it and be thoughtful. And I'll respond to people that are contrarians like, hey, you know what? I'd never angel invested, but this sounds stupid and this is why. If it's professional and put together and written well, I'll say something to it. You know, but if it's like, oh my God, you're the best. Love you, 12 hearts. I'm like, all right. I don't need yeah. this. Right? All right. So oh, no, emojis no emojis noted. Emojis.
1: Yeah. I. You know, on this subject of we we all get pitched a lot, right? And uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of syndications lately. And so I've been reaching out to investors and angel investors. Like I've, I'm trying to get to know people too. Like I want people to come in and help companies that I'm trying to help fundraise for essentially, right? Yeah. Uh, as like a GP of a syndicate. So it, it's like a numbers game as well. But, you know, I think one quick little story on that that kind of related to this is that. Um I, I was on Twitter, I saw someone uh like one of my tweets. I checked them out. They followed something else, specifically the company I was raising for. And I went and just DM them and said, "Hey, I saw you liked my posts, what you know, and you like this company. Um like let's connect." And the person responded, "What's that company?" And then I was like, "Well, actually, here's the company and what they're doing." And he goes, "Oh, that's super interesting." And honestly, it was one DM Fast forward a couple days, they wrote a 25K check to the syndicate. Yeah. And that was like, to me, it was a reminder that like you're one DM away from success. Like yep. you just, it's literally one DM away from making some small talk, some like connection and getting in there.
2: So uh, I think that we can I probably go to some that. DMs, guys. I'll be back. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but look, I mean, you're, you're right on that. I mean, it's shots on goal. It is just, it comes down. I mean, you obviously got aim. You can't just slap the puck around like it's not necessary. You got to aim for the goal, but I mean, it's totally shots on goal and, you know, and there needs to be relatability. Like if somebody said to me, Hey, you know, yeah, I, I went to whatever I went to a reasonably good school and I could, I left a reasonably good job, but like, I'm a hundred percent all in on this. And to this point, and you you basically get a sentence to hook me, right? I'm like a fish. If it doesn't catch my eye, I, I'll bump it as I swim by. Right. And it's, you don't want to try and catch a fo- fish by catch- throwing the hook in the side of it. You'll be starving really quick. Right. You got to get them to bite. So it's got to be good, you know, and it's got to be interesting. I, I, you know, I index, you could show up every day and be creative and witty and work hard. And like, y- they will hit. They will. I'm sure I've overlooked people that have done the same thing yeah. because it is a probability game, but it'll eventually hit. It. You know? Well, Jack, I really appreciate you taking the
1: time with us. You know, some of the core things I've heard from you is really about skin in the game hustle yep. like really showing up and you want to support those people and i think you know perry and i feel similarly about the bets we make and in angel investing and really i think for all angel investors out there is they want to invest in things they can believe in people they can believe in and things that ultimately aren't just the money right because like you said money is a commodity uh but at the end of the day if we can all invest our time and effort into making something successful and it's also monetary gain from it that is just even better because success is best when shared with everyone so All right. Thank you so much for having us, Jack.
2: uh, Thanks for being on. We had him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Nailed it. So that's okay. This is not being filmed at like two in the morning. It's fine. Right. Like, but, and, and look, I thought this was great. You know, I've done a bunch of these and you guys really ask good questions. So thanks. You know, I would definitely, I would definitely recommend anybody you're trying to get on here, you know, to try it out. So you guys are good guys.